you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. There we go. I see you there, Blake. There we are. We are live here. So before we got, yeah, we already got some people uh, hopping on, dude, already. So, um, what's up, everybody? Yeah. So, um, so first of all, let me. So I'm not at my usual. I'm not in my uh, my podcast studio at home. So I'm out here in Georgia. I'm in Pooler, Georgia, which is right on the cups of uh, um, uh, Savannah, and we're doing this. This, you can hear the sticks in the background maybe a little bit, right? So they have a – I'm at Carson Fortner's uh, Pooler Karate, and they're doing a stick test right now. And right now – so if you've never been to his studio, he's got a 100-foot-long mat, okay? Huge studio. And it's a, it's a monster studio. And we were just here with his yellow belt class, and there was – they had yellow belts on here, then they had white belts, and they had purple belts. And there's, I don't know, 75 – kids on the map wow. different areas. okay i mean it is just it's just huge you Ooh, know what I mean? karate where is that at you said where in so Georgia, this right? so yeah you'll fly into savannah and it's literally a, a eight minute ride from savannah airport to to here oh cool and so i know you just got to meet him today so he wants to have you out here with his students and uh and do a, uh, a Blake Foster, you know, so we're so spoiled, right? So when I come out here, it's like royalty, bro. But you know, my students there, I'm so, uh, I'm so spoiled because everybody just knows, Oh, it's just Mr. Cox out here. Yeah. You know, you, the appreciation level and being in the South oh, it's is way just higher. Whole, it's, yeah, it's just a oh, whole different ball game. So, yeah. but we have some stuff. I got an old black belt on here named Doug Cooper. I think he lives in Texas now. He's saying hi. I don't What's know up, if you Doug? remember Doug or not. You know what I mean? So, so let me introduce you formally. So if you guys are here, this is Blake Foster. We got to be blessed to have him the last couple of years in the school, and he got ready for a master's rank uh, underneath me. So, you know, we are lucky to have him as one of our uh, official masters at Chasworth Karate. That and everyone didn't think I was going to fully commit and do. Yeah, that's right. Well, we, we, like, come no, on. He's not doing that. Come on. We know somebody that, that said, uh, you know, but we won't mention any names, uh, Justice Coleman, that we were, uh, we, we were going to do something together that didn't happen. Um, but with it's that, though, because said, everyone was like, oh, Blake's not going to do it. Blake's not going to do it. And then Blake pulled it out and did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that's one thing about you, Blake. Your, your work ethic is by far uh, what it is. We'll get into the health side of things and how you just you transformed yourself physically uh, as you get ready for a fight. But I think where we'll start first is, you know, uh, you know, you live close to the school and well, what, you know, minutes. your, your family. And I guess basically where we started in, in acting first, and then we'll go from there. So why don't you, why don't you tell us about your family and, and from there? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think my mom and dad knew what they were doing right away. As soon as they saw me come out, I was not a shy kid at all. Um, I, I started acting really young. I was a Huggies baby. So, I mean, that just goes to show how far it goes back as far as acting is concerned. But um, I did a bunch of stuff as a kid. I was always acting, going on auditions. My mom was working her ass off, taking me to set to set, audition to audition. And um, I think it just picked off once I started actually doing martial arts. I started karate when I was about five years old. Uh, Sherman Oaks Karate back in the day under Bernie Krasno. And uh, it was a tough one. He was a very tough instructor at the time. I mean, I was five <laughs> years old and I wasn't getting advanced. I wasn't moving up in rank. Um, I tested a couple times for him. I think I got my purple belt or something like that through him. But acting was like something I just did for fun outside of karate. Karate was really my foundation. And every time in life I've ever fallen off, I've always went back to my roots as my martial arts. And it's helped pick up the process of where I need to be in life. Um, but I did a bunch of stuff as a kid acting. That's the only thing I knew that was like second nature to me. 
um, going to auditions and studying scripts and getting out there to book something. When I booked my first, I think it was a, it was a um, marshmallow commercial, those uh, rice cakes. And I was just sitting there <laughs> shaking my head. I was just shaking my head. And, and, and it was lovely. And I, I was like, oh, my God. Everything just started transitioning. We got the right agents. We were in Hollywood. It was the right time. My mom knew my look. I had I had long hair at the time. Now I got no hair. Um, <laughs> but that's how things roll, isn't it? I know. As you get older, that's things go. That's why I tell everybody: if you don't use it, you lose it. Stick with the program. <laughs> but um, yeah, acting was just something that I grew up knowing as like what I was supposed to do in life. And martial arts was second nature to that. Actually, it took a backseat to it once I started really getting out there on, on the audition circuit and getting bigger roles and bigger films and working with these big celebrities like Christopher Reeve and William H. Macy. Back in 95, I did a movie called Above Suspicion with them. And I think that's what kind of was a pivotal um, changing in my acting career, getting to work with such greats like that. Kim Cattrall was in that film. Um yeah, and then martial arts was something that I would do on the weekends. It was just something like it, it, it took the back seat, and I would go to tournaments on the weekends, and I would be on set Monday through Friday if I was on a film or a show. Well, I believe because you guys, I don't know if it was you lived in Chatsworth. Mom used to bounce you around a little bit, and I think, you know, I, I ended up meeting you because I had a school in Chatsworth. In DeSoto and, and Lassen. Right, in DeSoto and Lassen. I think that's where you came to me way, way back in the yep. days. So I opened that up in 1990. So in those early 90s, you used to come in as a kid. Mm -hmm. and probably Spark. fight class. We, yeah, we just fight right. class. We, 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 just, yeah, man, we were just coming and banging. Yep. That's, that's where I met your mom. And we had an, it, your mom and I had an instant connection with your pops, too, because yep. I was a huge Elvis fan. And anybody <laughs> that knows your folks knows that uh, Elvis Mama is baby. is is uh, their their love for sure. 100%. And we just had that, you know, of course, I think you and I have a matching, right? Dude, come to find TCB. out years later, we both got TCBs. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> TCB crew, man. TCB, right? Yep. So we have I our Elvis. have a gold uh, TCB. That my mom and dad got me when I was really young. I still have it. So yeah, it's I, crazy I know how it things work. That's exactly <laughs> true. I was literally bouncing from studio to studio, going from tournament to tournament, and she would just have me in there because that's what I did at tournaments. I didn't do forms. I went there and I fought. I did point sparring, and then eventually transitioned into consecutive and continuous fighting and things like that. But yeah, we. I, I remember coming to your studio back in the day. It was me, Stefan Rubenfeld, and his cousin. We had a mm -hmm. we had a fight team. It was us three. It was me, Stefan, yeah. and Ruben, and we were had our uh, team USA. That's right. We had little yeah. matching uniforms and everything. And we would go to tournaments and we would fight three points, and then boom, that would be it. I remember. I remember it well, man. That's 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 how that's how our relationship um, grew at that point. And then you know your acting took off. You know how you and I came back together. Remember how it came back together. You were at a Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. I was walking past, and I hear you yell, Mr. Cox. Cox. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm and i like, what? And and it's like, this is Blake. It's Blake Foster. I'm like, and you're a grown man then, right? And I that's was what like, everybody no said. They're like, way. no way. Yeah, that's what and, everybody said. Right? And uh, that's how you and I connected from a Comic-Con. So it, yeah. it's pretty it's a pretty awesome story. Well, let's, you know, what and then we one of the most forward, and then we go forward 10, 10 more years and I walk okay. into chats with karate and I'm like, my son's about to be five years old or four years old. I was like, this mm -hmm. is where he's got to be taking karate from. Yeah. This is it's it. been the vibe yeah. was just, it, it was, it was perfect. I was like, Oh my God, we live right around the corner now. And yeah, it's, really it's, well. yeah. Now you bring your children in. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing. Well, we know what one of the most known things you're for is that blue power ranger. Let's, let's talk about the year that came about and how that came about. How is it? You actually got that. Part. Yeah, it's honestly, it's my favorite story because working so hard as a kid, memorizing 12 pages of script, having to go into an audition room in front of six, seven producers and perform that without having a script is what, how I booked most of my roles. My mom would prepare me so well that when I went into that room, I didn't have second guess nature to look down at a piece of paper to tell me my line. I would actually act it out with the producers. And I think that's what got me a lot of my roles. Power Rangers was different. <clears throat> I was filming an independent film at the time. It was about talking animals. It was called Rusty, a dog's Tale, And I had no idea that the director of that film at the time was the producer of Power Rangers. 
Um, we were filming the movie, and I think it was take, took us about three months to film the movie. One of those weekends, I had a big tournament in Las Vegas that I had to go and fight in, and we were going to fly out Friday and be back by Monday, start filming again. So I went out to Vegas. It, I was a seated fighter at the time. I, I didn't have to fight anybody up until like the top four people. Um, there was The division was 25-plus kids. I got to fight the top four after they went through everything. I finally won, took home the trophy, went back to set the next day, and was like, I had it on set. I was so happy. It was one of the plug-in light trophies. I know you remember those Las Vegas oh, lights. Oh, yeah. Trophies. They were awesome, man. The big ones. They used to light up. Giant, so. at least six or seven feet high. Yeah. Okay. And so I took it to set, and everybody was like, what is that? What is that? And then I started showing them the karate, and I was doing gymnastics at the time. I think I was like right around 11. So I was doing backflips and 540 kicks and jump spinning heel kicks and jump front kicks. And I think that the director was in his dressing room <clears throat> and just caught wind of it because he invited me and my mom into the dressing room and he said, I can't believe he's so good at his martial arts. And my mom started telling him, yeah, well, that's what we do. We do. We just actually got back from a tournament, this and that. And he was like, something just sparked in his head that day, I think, because he was like, how would you like to be a power ranger? And at the time, I was literally getting off the bus when I wasn't on set to go home and watch Power Rangers. Me and my sister would run home, watch Power Rangers when I wasn't filming, and I'd have the action figures and everything. So I didn't believe him. I was like, you're joking. That's my favorite show. What are you talking about? They're all older than me. So the next day he had um, he had Austin St. John, the Red Ranger, Jason, and he had Kimberly, Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger, the two most popular Rangers at the time, come to set. And they pulled up in a black town car. He was like, okay, okay, okay. The next day, they pull up in a town car. I'm in a distance. I see them get out of the car, and I'm like almost faint. Because at the time, I was like, these are huge celebrity actors. I'm doing an independent film, not nothing too fancy. And I see the Power Rangers on set. So I got to meet them, hang out with them. And then the next thing I knew, I was a Power Ranger. There was no audition process. That's how I say it was different, because I didn't have to go and memorize anything. It just was given to me. They created that role around me that day, thinking that, you know what, this kid's a martial artist. He can act. He's on set. Let's just, let's make him a Power Ranger. And that's how it happened. That's just the next amazing. thing I knew. And the next thing I knew, I was sitting at a table reading in Valencia, California, and I see them all come walking in, all the Rangers. And I'm like, this is unreal. <laughs> that's just, just an awesome story, right? And then because. Oh, cool. You did, did you ever think at that time that it would be. I guess what would be called a cult at this time. No, never. But I do, re I do remember the the producer telling me he's like, you know, Blake, we're not we're a non union show at the time. They were non union, so it wasn't a bunch of money. But he was like, you know, one thing I will say is you won't make a lot of money from this, but you will be famous for the rest of your life. And he wasn't lying. Flash forward 10, 10 years, twenty years, we're in twenty twenty one. Social media is through the roof. We got we got our own brand. We got our own company. We got. A lot of stuff in the works. Comic Cons is what really did it, though, is because Comic Cons gives those fans the ability to meet the people that they really want to meet. You know, I, I look back when I before Comic Con started, I wanted to go to San Diego Comic Con to meet Tony Stark because I'm, I love the Avengers. Yeah. You know, and then I'm sitting at a at, in London Film and Comic Con, I'm sitting across from Lou Ferrigno having a sandwich. I know. I remember the story, and you know that I'm just a Hulk fanatic, right? I know. And then you I know. The story. I'm like, oh my god, you got to be kidding me! I actually have a video on one of my episodes on YouTube of Lou Ferrigno and me signing autographs right next to each other, and he's telling me how swole I am. He's like, "You're getting buff. You're getting really buff." He's like, and then we're doing push-ups together, and he's critiquing me on how to do the push-ups. I thought that was cool. I was like, that, "Somebody better film this." <laughs> yeah, that's that's just awesome. Hey, there's somebody. His name's Larry Roberts. He's a good. He's he's a friend of mine. He's a he's a big podcaster too. He's he just popped on saying, "Go go Power Rangers!" Go go! Shout What's out up, to Larry? Larry. How's it going, Larry? He's a good. He's a good dude. Um, so. So now we are in this, uh, this is how, how long did power Rangers go? How many years? So I did. I, so I started power Rangers. The table reading was for power Rangers turbo, the movie, which is the poster right here behind me. I did the movie and then I did 52 episodes. So I was on the show for about two and a half years, two and a half years on that show. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, a long that's, time. That's, I, I know that I have a Blake Foster signed picture of you as a kid in that Power Ranger thing. Oh, I think it's I saw somewhere. It in your Don't be shy, Mr. Cox. Tell him it's hanging <laughs> in the office. <laughs> I remember, I remember you as a kid coming in with it, and uh, you know, isn't that funny? As you, you you take things and you never know 
what that what down the road what that's going to look like no, i think you know, that, that was my mom and dad doing that because i swear i went into a liquor store over here off of DeSoto and nordoff and there's a pound <laughs> ranger picture of me in there <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> we gave power ranger pictures to everybody though honestly i think it was just something that everybody wanted like even like all the studios that i went to they were like yo let's have a picture of blake up in here you know well, it, it, was, it was a very popular thing because I was the only kid ranger at the time. Nobody else was a Power Ranger as a kid, 12-year-old kid. you know. Right, so. yeah, you were the kid Power Ranger, dude. I mean, that's pretty – you think you think back on that, right? You think you think back on things you do in your life and you're like, wow, did I – man, did I really do that? I think I look back on that every time I think about giving uh, uh, President Reagan a black belt, an honorary black belt, and tying right. it on his waist. Now, that's in your office. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know, every – you know – in that moment, That's be pretty cool, right? In the moment, you're like, it, it was something else to see him shake hands with my son, and and the president's asking you, and he goes, "Okay, show me how to chop," or and you know, and stuff. And to the president, right? I know right? that's and, so cool. And, and Michael's a little kid, and he's trying to pull the president down. The president's giving him yo-yos, and so I made a shadow box of Michael because I kept all the stuff the president actually gave him. And oh, when cool. last a year or so ago, I gave the that to Michael. I said, "This is all the stuff that President Reagan gave you at that time." Oh, that's cool. And uh, and when I look back on how auspicious that certain occasion was, was like, wow! I was in the I was in with one of the most well-known presidents ever. And I got to do that because of mar- because of martial arts, dude. And the pictures and everything to go with yeah. it, like you got to give him a uniform, a, a gi, a belt. Right. Like, that's super cool. So, so that's and the same with you, right? So you you get to be this kid Power Ranger. I mean, not I mean, everybody has a, not everyone has a Power right. Ranger suit hanging in their living room. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. It's like my Superman suit, I guess. Right? Yeah, I was it's very it. blessed, very lucky to be a Power Ranger. Honestly, yeah. So Larry Roberts just said that too. He said it was such a cultural phenomenon let me put his let me show you up there this is his saying it says it was such a cultural phenomenon for adults to kids if you were a fan of martial arts and family fun the power range were a massive impact and mighty Morphin by far had the best martial arts those Mm -hmm. guys knew how to kick some butt and honestly growing up as a kid doing martial arts i just I, i related to that so well i was like wow this is what i this is what i want to see mr edelman what's up dude that's robert yeah Robert Adams for the victory. Yeah, that's right. That's one of your, that's one of your boys. So, um, yeah, so that was, yeah, that's something that's, you know, when you, when you look back and you think about it and, uh, you have, you have quite a following, I believe on, on, uh, your, you do mostly Instagram. That's mainly your social media uh, outlet. Correct. All these other platforms these days, I, I can't keep up. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, you know what? Pretty soon, everybody tells me, "Well, your Facebook, you know, that's for old people. That's what yeah, my kids tell that's me." Be MySpace, and, and pretty right? soon they're like, "Well, Dad, you know, it's Snapchat and all that." I was like, "Well, where's where, when did Instagram go away?" Yeah, well, that's kind of like go away. that you know, and so that's where your biggest following is. Are you just at um, Blake Foster on Instagram, or no? What? It's Blake A Foster on Instagram. Blake, every Blake, platform is pretty much Blake A Foster, except for my Facebook, which is Blake Anthony Foster. Okay, we'll put that. And you, you can know. tell because that's back in the day before Instagram started. You nowadays you want to keep everything all together so everybody can just follow all platforms. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that back in the day when I yeah, started so, Facebook. Well, you know, you're one of those guys. You one of those, um, you know, those social those social guys that put yourself out there, and you got quite a following on Instagram now. But you got a lot of fans. You know, when you go to Comic Con, everybody wants to see you. Everybody wants to yeah. to relive that those power yep. ranger days and i mean it, was, it definitely was something that in what you see now right is is all the adults that remember you probably as children and right. they relive their yeah the following is crazy anywhere from what seven all the way up to dude i've had people come up to my table that are 40 year old men saying dude i i loved you on power rangers and i relate i relate if I, I still went up and met jason frank or austin st john i'd be the same exact way i'm like dude you guys were awesome on power rangers yeah, it's not going to change. Well, where did Mike Chack come in on the on? So on he was, Power I think, Rangers. he was Lightspeed Rescue, which was quite a ways down. So, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I don't keep up with it that well. But um, after Turbo, I kind of stopped watching. I mean, I was kind of over it at the time. I already knew all right. the behind the scene tricks and all the stuff. I right. was like, yeah. <laughs> but so. um, I think he was like five, six seasons after me. Maybe three, four seasons. I'm not too sure. But he was he was a couple seasons after. So, well, let's, so we got to your power. So let's, let's talk about your martial arts tournament days. I mean, what that looked like. 
I mean, you trained with, you know, the uh, the Raiders, right? The Sherman Oaks Raiders, and that's I where, was. That's I where you I actually got my Sherman Oaks Raider uniform. Yeah, you know, I got a it's, Raiders uniform. <laughs> it's funny that you know they were kind of the bad boys, so that's what you know. Butch came out of there, and and yeah. and you know, Bernie's a daughter mouse, and rest in he, peace. He just passed away. Yeah, I know. It's it's unfortunate. I just heard about that. That he, he lived a good life, though. He was a, he was a strong man. I, I talked to him almost up to every single day right before he passed. So he was still yeah. very coherent and remembered exactly who I was. And mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- that man watched me grow throughout my years into the man I am today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I started with them, Sherman Oaks karate. Um, my mom got, we got really involved into the whole tournament circuit. I started competing in point sparring and I was doing really well at it. And um, then I was at long beach. Like I was telling you earlier, I was at the long beach yeah. Coliseum at the long beach convention center fighting at, with the internationals, man, the international yeah. flame, That's and, right. uh, Ed Parker's flame of uh, international. Um, and I, I went in and I demolished my whole division and there was this one last kid there and his instructor was Tom Bloom and they had the studio up in thousand Oaks with Johnny gyro and all those guys. And I went in there and I demolished him. And then Tom came over and he was like, wow, what a great fighter you are, you know? And, why don't you bring him up to the studio? Let him come train with me sometime, you know? And my mom just had me at multiple <laughs> studios. I, I won't, I'll never forget. I was the only white kid with long hair in Compton at Leo Creer and Barry Gordon's studio, Alvin Prouder and all them down in the yeah. heart of Compton, sparring with these guys at like 12, 13 years old. Right. What so was we the bounced name? all around. What was the name of their, their federation again? It was uh, the BKF. The, the BKF, the Black Karate, Black Karate Federation. Yes. They were some bad boys yeah man alvin Alvin barry gordon ray wizard leo career those guys were all and they had that one big riot that one year and then after that they kind of stopped they they had to give it up you you remember that right you remember at the long beach internationals where they were being thrown everywhere (laughs) kids were being grabbed people were hiding their kids it was bad that was not that was not a good day for uh, us martial artists our our lack of uh, pops i saw pops come out of nowhere and just cold clock somebody old yeah, pops i was the, like wow he did not the, care yeah he, <laughs> i was there dude i was up in the stands and i was like what in the world is going on man what year was that what year do you think that was if you had to guess 94 maybe 95 something like that so i opened my that school was right around the time yeah you're right that was right around the time that i was doing the above suspicion with christopher reeve and them yeah correct yeah i was a green so, belt so I just I remember it vividly when we everything's going off and um and so I'm like we're way up in these bleachers and everybody's pile driving and throwing chairs. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Oh my gosh. Right. And I said, I can't believe we're at a martial arts uh event. But man, I think they got, even got banned after that. They did, they day. did. They all stopped you know. after that. They couldn't fight anymore, they got banned. And, uh, it's it's a shame too because they're all all those guys were awesome dudes right and um uh Larry Larry Ryan was a fifth grade teacher you didn't want to mess with that guy <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> true he went into high school teaching so then those <laughs> high school right. kids were definitely into some trouble that's right so, with Barry yeah Mr. Larry, Gordon yeah Larry Roberts he said the internationals were always a dream of mine that that went unrealized and so I remember yeah, the internationals long yeah, time so, ago. Yeah, I'll tell Larry this. I've told this story, I think, before on here. But, you know, I never, you know, when I was doing all my competing in the 90s, right, and I was winning those titles, I never won the internationals, dude. I competed hard. As a matter of fact, your dad, I've got video of your dad as the head ref in one of my in one of my things at the internationals. breaking? Not breaking. I was doing a self-defense division. Oh. And I was throwing people. Oh, yeah, Jason you and Bo Lane. used to do the sticks, yes. I remember. Mm-hmm. And so – your dad was the head ref and I thought, man, I really did well on this one and I'm going to get it. Right. And so I, and I, I didn't win. Right. I was super bummed. And so I tried for years to try and win the breaking that, and I just never did. So about, I don't know, it's, it's been almost nine years ago now, but I was at the internationals selling t-shirts and I'm like, I'm watching the breaking division. I'm like, this breaking division blows, man. So I decided that he, the next year, internationals i never won so i'm gonna go do it and so i told my children my children's never really seen me compete now they're all a little bit older by then right Mm -hmm. so i said hey man i'm gonna go do this you guys come watch dad do his thing and i did it and that's the first time i took first place 
I finally have the international trophy sitting in my, that's probably one of the only ones I had hundreds of trophies, that's but it cool. was that international trophy that I have in my office that I remember the most, you know what I mean? Cause I just never won it when I was really competing hard. Yeah. And, uh, then, you know, meant more cause my kids got to see me compete you know, I'm an older dude now, so I'm, you know, I'm not as well known as what I used to be out in the, out in the circuit. <laughs> oh, but, stop. You know, yeah. You when are. they get, when they hear, then they hear hints of, uh, Mark Cox breaking, you know, I don't really say it too much because some of them won't come and compete. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, they'll be like, eh, uh, I'm not going. Mark's yeah. So <laughs> I, I'd be like, nah, man, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not, I'm just going to show well, up. Dude, that day. How do you think I feel? So listen to this. And I know my dad's probably watching right now, so he can hear this. You said, oh, he's going to be the center ref, right? Oh, I got this. John's going to give me – John knows I won this. <laughs> so we're at a tournament one time, and every time I would get up to spar, if my dad was doing that ring, he would leave the ring. But one time we got at a tournament, and they had nobody else. So my dad stepped out of center, and he went to, a, like, the left or the right side judge, right? Right. And I have photos of me clearly getting the guy underneath <laughs> and my dad giving the other guy the point. And I was Come like, man, you lost me that fight. <laughs> I busted his chops for the longest time over it. You know what? I'm going to say the same thing. It's probably why I didn't win because he probably gave me the gave me the score that freaking didn't win. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he was like, so, yeah, he's not winning that time. That's. <laughs> I remember it. such great memories of all those times back and then. But, you know, we were talking uh, off air before we, we went on the show about what it was like because, you know, today's martial arts. Now you have your, your child with me, right? And I've watched you when your boy's not having the grades up to par and you've come to me and he goes, no, I'm not letting him test. Yeah. He's not ready. He's not doing his thing. I'm yeah. not doing it. And yeah. I can't tell you how rare that is in today's world. And I think we spoke about how, um, there's that winning just is not special anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want it, I don't want it to be something that he feels that he has to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I want him to work for it. I want him to love it. I want him to be passionate about it. And if he's not ready to test, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow him to test. He's going to go out there and he's going to give the best performance that he can. And I know that he can, because I know if he really does it and he studies really hard and he does it, he'll do great. And then COVID happened and this whole thing happened and everything started dumbing things down. And, um, I just feel like if I had to work to get my black belt and I busted my chops and I failed my first two black belt tests. Tom told me, he was like, Blake, you're better than that. I'm not going to just pass you because I'm going to pass you. I feel that you're better than what you performed at. And I went home. I cried my eyes out. But it made me a stronger black belt. And that's why I committed myself when I when I told you. I was like, I'm going to go for my fourth with you. I'm going to do it. I committed because I want Jackson to have that same level of commitment. I want him to see, oh, if my dad put in that whole year of going to class, every training, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, going and memorizing all those new forms that I had to learn and the weapons forms and everything, if I could commit to doing that, then he can commit to it. So I just want it to come from him more than anything. And he's at that age where he needs to make those commitment decisions. You know, that's so going to make you, him stronger in life. So you're you're in this parent range age group that – I see a lot of coddling and stuff going on. You're just kind of a rare breed that you don't have. That is probably due to your your folks because your folks just didn't play that. At yeah, I don't, all. I don't feel like you need to coddle them. Uh, you know, coddling is going to en- enable them to get hurt later down the line. They mm-hmm. have to be able to know that this is real life and what what they're learning and they're taking out of this is not a. It's not just to go to karate and have all fun and games. You're going there to learn to defend yourself. God forbid an incident happens at school and you get taken to the floor. You better learn how to be able to defend yourself or you're going to get bullied. Bullies still exist in this day and age. Oh, yes, they do. They're alive and well. Trust me. And I told my kid, I was like, you won't be bullied because I was in karate and I worked for everything that I had to. And every time some bully tried to step to me, they had a reality check and then they didn't do that again. But yeah, there will be a point where you have to draw the line. You have to say, hey, I can't coddle this kid. Back in the days, if kid didn't know how to tie his belt, he couldn't join the mat. And today, dude, you watch parents all tying everybody's belt. And then oh I'm God, like, what, what are you doing? It bothers and- me. You know what bothered me more? <laughs> I'm tying my belt for years, right? And then I'm coming to your studio and I tad Jackson's belt tied all up nice for him. And then some other young black belt would come and untie his belt. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Leave my belt alone. <laughs> but it's true. Kids need to learn. They're, back in the days, there was rules before you got on the mat. There was yes. rules. There was things that you had to go by. 
instructors couldn't be out there in their their shorts and t-shirts they had to be you know that's where it all stimulates from is there's that level of respect has to still be there for those students like when i first walked in and mr kenny had your school like you walk in hey mr kenny you do the certain things that they need to be done because that's what holds them accountable if they don't have nothing to hold them accountable they'll be standing and be like this <laughs> you know all over the place so and it also comes with each kid what what kid has to offer that other kids some kids are not as good as some kids so you have to you know point your attention more in that area or point your attention more in that area for the kids that can't comprehend certain things right that's true that's true you are really good at you know such an addition to and even for you to go to fourth degree because for you blake when you came into the studio you even humbled yourself and said, you know, I was given this rank, mm-hmm. but I really never tested like you, you guys test for it. Right, right. And I said, well, if you want one from me, and I, 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 I said, this is what you're going to have to do. If you want to do it, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll honor it. And you were all in dude. So it takes a certain amount of humility to say, you know what? I'm going to put that aside and I'm going to do this work. And, yep. and I know you learned something from it because there was a lot to do from 100%, it. And you were busy. I learned way more than you could think because honestly coming into it, you know, I had more of like a very showmanship, like strong strongness to it. But in reality, it's supposed to be so more, much more fluid. When I took that lesson from Mr. I and we went over Naichi Chodan the whole hour, (laughs) (laughs) I was like surprised because before I'd come in, I do Naichi, I do it fast. Boom, 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 boom. Get it out the door, you know? Uh, And now it's more like something that has to become in fluid with it and, and the way that you move and the way that you adjust. And that was the hardest thing for me being criticized because I knew I was doing it right. <laughs> and, I, and I, and I respect Brandon Kimmer. I love Brandon Kimmer because he was in there busting my chops every Tuesday, making sure that I was doing it right. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I held myself accountable. I just told myself, you know what, this is going to be hard, but you're going to do it, dude. You've done it all your whole life. Commit to it. Yeah. Succeed. Just like I did with fitness, you know? Fitness is fitness is a whole nother thing because most people could do fitness, but they can't do the diet part. The fun, the fun mm-hmm. part is lifting the weights and working out and getting that's, out. And that's the stuff. easy part. bro. That's the easy part. The hard part is focusing in, changing your mindset, saying, you know what? I'm not going to eat that meal. Or if I'm going to eat that, how can I make it healthier? Because people don't understand when you go to lose weight, you can't just do a, you can't just do a two week diet. 30-day diet, 60-day diet. You want to see really big changes. You have to do it consecutively like you did with keto. Over 100 pounds, dude. A year. You know, it takes a period of time. And most people don't have that span. They're like, oh, I don't see the results. Screw this. I'm done. So I don't know. I I think what you had that – yeah, you've you've I've watched you, you know, as far as the fitness side. I mean, when when anybody goes to your your Facebook page, you got if anybody goes and sees Blake Foster or on your Blake A. Foster on your Instagram and see how you've transformed yourself. I mean, I know that you watched me. And so we you know, we interacted well because we were both kind of on a journey together. And I know that there was a there was a time you just weren't as healthy or you didn't feel as healthy, whether you were drinking some alcohol and just eating whatever you want. And, um, you know, you made a, you made a change. That's another thing. I think everybody counted you out again. I don't, I don't know why people keep saying, well, Blake Foster never going to do it. I don't, I don't know where they get the idea that you're not disciplined. That's because Bernie Krasno, that's pops because pops would always be like, Oh, Blake, the flake, (laughs) (laughs) Blake, the flake. No, but you know, as I got older, I just started holding myself more accountable in the things. And I, and I was telling Mm -hmm. my buddy the other day, he was like, damn, dude, you're in phenomenal shape. How'd you do that? And I was like, you know, I, I, my son, I went to play baseball with him when he was like three or something. I was out of shape. I was drinking every day. I was playing video games. I was eating late at night. I wasn't disciplined. I would still go work out, but I was defeating the purpose because I was just eating the wrong things. And uh, my son was like, dad, you're out of breath. How are you going to play baseball with me? And th- that day changed for me. Honestly, I said, I'm never going to have him tell me that ever again. I want him to, I want to be able to be like, come on, dude, you're slacking over there. Like how it is now when we run the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we, yeah, when I, I'll tell you, watching us, because you and I kind of worked together a little bit and we would, you know, we'd jab at each other about the weight room, right? Uh-huh. And you helped me, uh, you, you know, even push myself, you know, even at at 60 years old and I'm, and you're like, well, I pushed up the 90s and I like, and I, I'd say, well, here's the picture of me doing inclines with 110, bro. What's up? What, yeah, what's I, I, honestly, I still can't do it. 
<laughs> as, as I've cut weight, like it's crazy. You cut weight and you can't lift as heavy. You're so, not eating carbs. You can't push through the day. It's crazy. And, and so, and sometimes, right? So I would do this to get that picture. And in my head, <laughs> I said, I do it. And now then what I'm would happen? This. <laughs> right? So I'd be pushing, right? And I get this picture and I do my sets. And then I'm like, nobody, everybody sees the, <laughs> this is Facebook life, right? Everybody sees the 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 picture nobody sees me afterwards after i rack the weights and i'm just sitting on the bench going man my wrists are killing me my you know lifting heavy weights being uh, 60 years old and i'm pushing 110 what come on yeah uh that's great though that's awesome you know like i the thing i said to you earlier too is like if you don't use it you lose it and i'm a big believer in that stuff as you get older it's so much better just to be on the healthier side because you know the benefits from that are just tremendous long longevity better way of life better breathing better feeling you know what dude you're kind of a leader for your family i think that's probably what helped you get your dad back on track a little bit and i know from people watching on their journeys what that looks like uh when you're trying to do things for others but just like you said dude you had to finally do something for yourself and i tell everybody um Listen, there's nothing that there's no magic pill for fitness. Uh-huh. It is a mindset. <laughs> eat less calories and eat healthy food and work out. There is no magic pill calorie deficit on the planet, man. That's what it is. There's just not. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because you know, I'm you know how I am. I'm pretty meticulous about measuring my ketones and all the stuff all the time and staying in ketosis and stuff. And even right now, I'm kind of like at a standstill. So when I came out here, I did a meal prep. The first night I was here, I meal prepped myself the whole time because I'm not eating out in the South in these restaurants. I'm not yeah, doing it. Don't, don't right? do it. You'll kick so yourself out of keto. I, right. I go. <laughs> I go. <laughs> yeah, no. So, <laughs> South boys love them sugar. No, man. It was pretty baby simple. Right? Ribs. right. And so. Cornbread. And I'm sitting here and I was cooking my meals and going. You know, I, because we all have these mindsets, right? And as you get ready for your fight and stuff, this mindset, this, this, I tell everybody, you know, uh, Andy Frasilla says it the best. You have a beast voice and a, and, and a bitch voice, right? And so you're going to have to choose which one is. And that when that B voice comes out, sometimes they're like, well, you're out in the South. You, you don't really have to. And I already had my mindset. As soon as I stepped off that airplane, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm buying what I need. I'm making my meals. I'm not going out to eat. That's commitment. And um, commitment, consistency, and determination. And uh, and (laughs) um, (laughs) Jay Walker's on, right? You know Jay's from the south, right? Yeah, right. This is him. Collard greens and pork chops all day. That's That's right. You know, (laughs) Jay is totally like that. You know. What Um, up, Jay? And so, and, uh, Doug, Larry Roberts was asking where you're at in Texas. Cause I think he's out there too. Um, so I remember having this journey and watching you completely transform yourselves. Um, when you, when you started dude, and you said that, Hey, I'm going to do this fight. And then you would, you'd come in and you'd grapple with us a little bit. And then you would you would talk about what you're going to do. And then you, I I remember you kind of messing around with different diets and stuff like that. You did keto for a while too, and you started dropping weight, but then dude, you just went off on something that uh, completely transformed. You got your abs popping out and you're, and you are ready for this fight. So let's, let's talk about this fight that's coming up and how that even changed you more mentally because you know, Every and I, I've been listening to this, and I'm probably even guilty myself, right? About people when you're doing something great, like you're about to do, step into the ring, and then you, everybody around you is like, well, you know, you better do this, or that's going to happen. You better do that. Everybody's a critic, right? Everybody, right? Everybody's a keyboard warrior talking smack, and. Uh, you're out here finding a niche and finding these high-end fighters that you get to go to their gym now and you're sparring and you're doing your thing. Yeah. You know I mean, so I mean, let's, honestly, talk about, this... let's talk about the fight and, and, and how you're preparing uh, for it. So 
you know, we've been we've been trying to get this fight to happen for years now. A year before COVID, we were supposed to do it. Then COVID hit. Obviously, nothing's going to happen during COVID. But in that whole year of COVID, I was still training because I knew that in order to be ready, you have to stay ready. You know, you can't you can't fall off down the line. We keep pushing for the fight. We finally got solidified um, contract for the money part of the fight. So that's going to be taken care of. We're shooting for the end of July, if not the first week of August. Um, you know, tough enough, the company that I'm fighting out of is owned partly by Dana White. Dana owns 50% of Tough Enough, which is the amateur MMA company out in Vegas. So I just got word today that with all this Jake Paul shit that antics and stuff that he's doing, he's really putting a damper on a lot of these smaller venues, these amateur MMA fights, because no one wants to have a celebrity like me come in and do what Jake Paul's doing, right? So we're shooting for the end of July. We have other options put in place. The fight is definitely going to happen, but I've been training my ass off. Even during COVID, I was at your studio with Lewis doing pad work, started off rolling, doing some jiu-jitsu and stuff with you guys, went to a couple other studios. Long story short, I met Rob at a Harley uh, on um, on my Harley one day, and we just hit it off. He was like, dude, come spar, man. You need to spar with some pro fighters, man. You, need, you got a fight coming up. I told him about the fight. And ever since then, he's really embraced me. We've become really good friends. We ride Harleys every Sunday together. And we're, I'm over there banging with him. You know, I'm sparring with dudes and it's not point fighting. I'm actually getting out there and we're, we're, we're brawling, dude. And we're going to the ground and we're tapping each other out and we're, we're putting in the work. And I think what changed my physical appearance with the abs popping out and all this stuff is the high intense hit cardio classes that I'm doing. You know, I take a class and then I spar for 30, 45 minutes. And I'm doing that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, along with my gym workouts in the morning. So I'm burning 23, 2400 calories a day, and I'm probably only intaking around 1600. So I'm definitely in a deficit every single day. Right. That's mm -hmm. Helping me lose the weight. And what's happening is the body fat's just chiseling off of me. I'm just starting to get really toned up as I get down to 205. I'm currently sitting at 220, 223. I fluctuate, but that's not be based on diet. That's based on my work ethic, what I decide to do in the gym that day. So like, for example, today when I went to go lift and do some power sleds and pulls and some ropes and some parachutes, I was just not fully there. My mindset wasn't there. I still got the workout in, but I didn't burn as much as I could. And I have class tonight at six o'clock where I'm going to go and I'm going to be sparring because I was trying to conserve my energy. So it's just a matter of not beating myself up. But I know that going into this fight, I have to I have to put my body to a test because my conditioning is all the way up. I can go, I can run a seven minute mile for a big guy like myself. I'm running seven minute miles right now. So my stamina is there. I just want to be physically in that mindset to know that once I enter that cage, everything is left at that door. I'm not going to, I'm not holding nothing out. I'm going balls to the walls. I'm going to show the world who the toughest ranger is because it's definitely not <laughs> Michael Lasky. Okay. And then afterwards, I'm, I'm willing to take on another opponent in the Ranger community since they got such big mouths these days. But um, I'm tired of the I'm tired of the um, Blake can't fight. Blake doesn't do this. Blake doesn't do that because they honestly don't know. But they will find yeah. out how well, well I get down and how fast I move because <laughs> I'm know, faster it's, than it's, I've ever been. <laughs> it's funny. What? you know, everybody hears karate, you know what I mean? They don't really understand that what karate, I bet you the MMA guys are, when you start doing standing sidekicks and skip or, they or so they get so frustrated, get so frustrated with it. Right. So They're like, yeah. what? Come on. You yeah. know what I mean? So They're frustrated. And I they think it uh, in on me and that, that's like, you know, I always, they all, every single person I've fought, whether it's a Muay Thai kickboxer or a MMA guy or whatever, he's, they're all walking out of there telling me, damn dude, you're a big dude and you move so fast. You that's how do you how do you get that sidekick? They want me to teach a sidekick seminar class. <laughs> it's that damn good. But it's it's like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, dude. You're agile on your feet. If you can move, you know how to get in and get out. You know, over the years, that's just what I did. I got in and I got out. I got my point. I got out. But now when I'm in there, I'm more of like a in a chatter position where once I get in, oh, I'm staying in. And I'm keep going and I'm, I'm, you're getting hurt. I'm going to, I honestly don't want to hurt Mike. 
I'm going to play with him the first three rounds. I'm going to play with him. He's going to try to take me down with his wrestling experience, but he's going to have a hard time because I'm I'm a big guy. A lot of guys can't take me to the floor. It's hard. Once I'm moving yeah. around, it's hard. And I'm not bragging. I'm very um, – I know Mike's capabilities, and he's very good at what he does. But I just think that he's never fought somebody that has experience like I do. Yeah, so that's the thing now. Let's – I don't know in the beginning if we even said exactly who you're fighting. Tell them who the other Ranger is and what this match is exactly. Yeah, so it will be an amateur MMA fight. Um, all amateur MMA rules do apply. Four-ounce gloves. Um, uh, Michael Lasky, he's a, he's a fellow actor buddy of mine. We grew up together acting. Um, he was a uh, flashback episode, or he played young Rocky. So he never technically morphed on the show, but he did play – the character when he was a younger kid, they did like a flashback type thing or an episode where they were kids and Michael Lasky was the red Ranger. So, you know, Mike came into the scene, got on Instagram and started blowing up on TikTok. He's doing really well on TikTok. He's pretty funny. Actually. I got to give it to him. We don't have no bad beef. There's no bad blood tension or anything. We're actually good friends. But um, like I said, once that gauge closes, we're not friends and he's going to get punched in the face numerous times. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you have real friends when you can choke and hit each other all the time. And you know what Mike even said? He was like, after we beat each other up in the ring, we still can go out and have a drink afterwards. And, you know, <laughs> I don't like I said, I don't have no bad blood towards him. He's a good guy. He's got a family. He's got a studio out in Utah. He does his thing. Um, but it, it's given us the opportunity to create some type of controversy or some bad blood for these fans. And, you know, during COVID, there's not much else to do. We weren't doing anything like so. Mm -hmm. We were trying to push this fight even more just to like get it out there and say, hey, we're going to give you the fans something that they want to see. You know, I'm sure that they're, the fans want to see other Rangers go at it. But me and Mike were the first ones to hop on it and say, you know, the way it actually came about was Michael Lasky called out Jason Frank, the Green Ranger, because Jason Frank's done MMA fights, too. So Mike goes. Hey, JDF, why don't we get in the ring or something? And I didn't like the fact that he called out one of my castmates. I didn't like the fact that Mike was coming up on the scene of Instagram, embarking on Power Rangers, and then he was calling out my castmates. So I said, no, nah, screw that, dude. Why don't you pick on somebody your own age, your own size? Because JDF's a little older than us. And then that's how it came about. And we were like, yeah, we'll set a match. We'll do it, this and that. Come to find out. <laughs> JDF is now on Mike's side saying he's got $5,000 on Mike. <laughs> Must That's be nice some, to lose that money, bro. I know. All my friends are like, dude, are you serious? I'll bet 10000 right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I stuck up for the guy, and then he goes, now he's on the other guy's team. What is that? It's like backstabbing me, bro. <laughs> I guess that's the end. That's the actor's industry, that's, huh? That's that's the game plan, right? That's yeah. the game. So game what? So I, it's funny how you how you decided to do that and what 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 this could lead to. I I do know this, but I've been watching you, and anybody that thinks that you can't fight, <laughs> let them keep thinking. Exactly. Okay. After, <laughs> so, after the fight, people are gonna be like, "Wow, wow, that guy can move." So, you know they. I don't think people really, unless they're standing next to you, realize just how big you really are. Yeah, they don't. Uh, you they know, really you're don't. you're you're a big, powerful dude, and it's uh, you know, and then you got a foot that's fast as lightning. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, it's, that's that's it. Just another yeah. one of the big guys that can move. Yeah. Don't under don't my buddy actually, my buddy that I've been sparring with almost every other night over there. He's like, he's a big dude. He's like Blake. You should just do UFC heavyweight division, dude. You would you your kicks, you would demolish these guys. And I'm thinking, yeah, dude. Have you seen what have you seen what that dude looks like? What's the champion's name right now? The big dude? He's huge, bro. Fred Nagano or whatever. <laughs> There's yeah. some big boys in there. I told my mom, my mom said, please don't make this a thing. Do this one and be done. And that's okay. probably what it will be. I'm not a fighter. I'm too pretty to be a fighter. <laughs> keep my face and keep my teeth looking just like this. <laughs> yeah, Jay, we going to Vegas, man. I expect you there too, dude. The whole squad's going to Vegas in July. Yeah, we're going to go watch it, dude. We're going to be yeah. down for that for sure. Yeah. So that was good. I think that, um, you know, talking about, where you've come from a childhood acting down, you know, and then it's, you know, into your martial arts and your tournament world. Then you're into your adult world. And now I think fitness is what's, what's uh, on your mind. Tell, uh, tell me about, you know, 
you got in your own clients now? Is this is a direction yeah. that you've decided? And obviously you've, you've uh, transformed yourself a hundred percent. You know, that Jay's on here too. You know, Jay Walker, if I don't I know if you know this and after picture, I saw the yeah. V, yeah, I saw you the saw. VJ, you know, <laughs> so, it, it, it's, it's just a, it's just a way of lifestyle for me. I feel like, and it's not so much that I have clients. I just have a lot of friends that have seen the transformation as well. And they're like, Hey dude, help get me into shape. Come on. Summer's uh-huh. here. Well, sorry, guys. So it's a little too late to get you by summer. <laughs> we can work on it. <laughs> but um, it's just a way of lifestyle for me. I enjoy it. You know, it's you got to be passionate about something in life. And my passion is getting my body right, getting my mind right. And once you have all that in line, everything else just kind of falls in place. You know, like I said about the martial arts, you do martial arts, you zone in, you get back to your your foundation, your, your techniques. It's a, it's a thing that helps me. Like it's my... um. Anger management, uh, he said, goose fraba. You know, yeah, it's like my, yeah, it's my yeah, right. zen point. It's my zen. So I honestly enjoy it. I just started. I mean, I was 290 when I first started a couple of years ago, and I was out of shape. I was, you know, I was not not toned at all. I had a lot of loose fat. And I looked at that picture, and I said, I, I, I don't want to look like that anymore. I'm tired of looking like that. I'm tired of going to the beach and keeping a shirt on. I was very self-conscious, you know. So I, I, I just made the pivotal change and I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to change my diet. And now I did keto. I think I did keto for 30 days. I don't know how you did a year. I give you, uh-huh. I give you big props on that because um, it's hard, but keto kickstarted my diet. I think I did it for 30 days and I lost 11 pounds or 12 pounds or something in keto. And I was like feeling good. And then, you know, I went and had a cheat meal or something and, but now I've got to the point where I realize I don't really even need to do any diet. I just need to know that I need to stay away from sugars and carbs and I need to mm-hmm. keep it a clean whole meal and I need to be in a deficit. So I intermittent fast still. I stop eating at eight at night. My first meal is one o'clock in the afternoon and it's probably like some eggs, turkey, bacon, spinach, tomato, avocado, nice scramble. I like that. I still enjoy that with some hot sauce and that's my first meal. And then my second meal of the day is dinner time. Before I go train, I'll eat salmon, broccoli, salmon, asparagus, chicken, broccoli. You know, I keep it very clean, still no carbs. And if I ever feel like, okay, I need to have a cheat, it's not a cheat day. It's a cheat meal. So it's one meal and, and I'll still be in my deficit and I won't gain weight. So, And I think that's, I think that's what, what, as far as fitness goes, you know, we've spoke about this before. I think that, you know, I've told you before, me personally, I never had a cheat meal or a cheat day, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, when I went on the keto, I decided I'm not going to have cheat de- days and cheat meals because cheat meals turn into cheat days, cheat days turn into cheat weekends. Right. And then everybody is, um, you, you, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know what I'll cheat, do. This. I, I will say once you do have a cheat meal, you're like, okay, one more won't hurt. Right. Correct. It does trickle down like that. It does. I think I've just adapted myself to where I know like if I'm going to have a cheat meal, it's going to be one and I can't, I can't have anything like that. So I eat that meal so slowly. Uh-huh. I chew that, I chew that burger like 500 times <laughs> per bite. You know, well, and you know, and I get that. I think that's why, um, you know, the high fat was, it was a different thing for me. It was like a really weird, um, thing, but then people on keto too, man, it doesn't mean that everything is uh bacon and, and, and right, butter. Right. And, you Most know what I mean? Think, it's, oh, it's, keto's full of that stuff. it's not. that's right. You know, it's just, it's just not, you know, it's, you know, uh, a meal that would not be, is considered a keto meal, but really probably not on the most healthiest would be to go get, go through in and out with three uh, hamburgers with three yeah. things of cheese. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? You can't, yeah. you can't be eating like that every day. No. It's just not, it's, there's not, there's not clean food coming into you. I knew when I was close to, uh, you know, the no, you know, the most weight I ever was, I believe, was three eighty myself. Sheesh! And so I don't know if you know that. Have you ever seen the my before I'm, picture? I think I saw but, one picture, right? Really, really big. And I was like, when you see that stuff, you're like, I, I mean, I don't. First of all, I don't remember myself like that. I could still move back then. I was still working out. It wasn't like I wasn't working out, but it's just yeah. like you said, right? Going to the weight room being uh the fat heavyweight in the weight room and Pumping just because i can lift that right just because i can lift the iron uh yeah, if you funny. ain't if you're not putting the diet in man it don't yeah you, you, you know you it's can't, just you not can't what cheat it is yourself no you, know, you can't cheat yourself and like you were saying if you do have a cheat meal i look at it like this i look at it like if i'm gonna have a cheat meal it's gonna be one meal and i'm getting right back on course 
Uh-huh. I'm not slacking off on two, three meals, two donuts, pizza, stuff like that. But I do get, I am very, I hold myself very much accountable for when it's time to get back on track. So did your folks tell you when, when I snuck up on them after they were getting out of the oh, line? Yeah. Back? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, he rolled up on us. I knew that was you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, that's another thing that fast food is the enemy. Correct. Fast food is the worst thing that you could possibly put in your body. Now, there are healthy fast food options if you are on the go and you need something quick. Absolutely. Example, El Pollo Loco. Yes. Chicken breast, broccoli, side salad. Perfect on the go, quick, easy, no carbs, good. Number two, my favorite, Chick-fil-A. Correct. Salad with chicken, grilled chicken nuggets. Correct. Bomb. Quick, easy, good to go. Diet Coke. That's like a quick little, and that's, you can have a Diet Coke once in a while. I like a little bit of bubbles. I, I actually switched. I was doing a lot of Perrier, but I also think that that's what, what I was retaining so much water. And when I started really just cutting the carbonation drinks out of my body, that's when I started defining too, because carbonation, what does it do? Blows right, you up. It blows you up, dude. I, right. I think I agree with that. hundred. I think I agree with that hundred percent. Yep. You know, Larry Roberts is on here telling you, if, if you see that, he's yeah, like inspiration, inspiration to you, you know, right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a he's a really good dude. You know, Doug's it says like Doug's up to two ten right now too. Hey, listen, man, this this COVID was nobody's. Uh, here's Friend. the thing about COVID though, right? You and I looked at COVID and said, uh, "You can kiss my ass. We're just gonna we're gonna work right through it." Because I put a gym through my my thing. I wasn't gonna. It's already depressing not being able to be at the studio. Mm-hmm. If there's no way they're going to take my gym away. Mm-hmm. And so you know, a year before that, I spent all my time building a gym at my home with all the equipment that I need. So I always had it, you know, and mm-hmm. Lewis would come over and use it. And, and I have a beautiful gym at my house and yep, I, I couldn't be, nice. you know, I, and so here's the thing, right. With COVID or whatever, right. It either, it's going to control you or you control it. And, and the outcome. I see a lot of my buddies in the gym that are starting to trickle in now that stuff is over with, right. and they're all gained weight. And I'm like, oh, COVID got you, huh? Yeah, that's that yeah. COVID weight. It, it, it used to be marriage got you. Now it's COVID, right? Because <laughs> it's weight. easy. It's easy, right? It's easy to be Content. complacent, complacent with what you do. Mm-hmm. Complacency is an enemy mm-hmm. of the people. And when you're complacent in, in life or in diet, your results just won't be there. So it's, it's been great. Even for me, I keep, you know, Jay Walker's the one that really got me started. You remember the transformation that man did. Yeah. And, you know, he's the one that really kind of introduced me to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, believe it or not, Jay, I, I, I get off watching you do your things. Now I don't, I don't comment a ton of stuff, but somebody like you will continue driving me, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And making mm-hmm. me want to be a better, um, a for sure better, uh, at what I do. Yeah. So yep. it's That's been, what it uh, is too. you got to have people that you look up to that you want to aspire to be or aspire to look like, you know, because mm-hmm. that's, what's going to, honestly, you have to set that goal. You have to have that. You have to have that vision. That's why they say, Oh, create a vision board. Vision boards are great. You can accomplish all those things. If you just actually put your mind to it. So that's, that's correct. I think that, I think that's a good message for you to, to resonate out to those that, um, that think that way because you you've had to be on track to get ready for a fight and that's mm-hmm. exactly what you've done. You've not easy. Life, so. Not easy. I'm currently 220, 223, whatever the case may be. I still got to go to 205, but I figure like the month of May I'll probably lose another 10 more pounds. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be skinny, skinny, skinny. It'll be the skinniest I've ever been in a very long time. I personally like being like 240, benching three plates. That's great. <laughs> right. I love being big like that. <laughs> but so that's what pushed me way back in the day into powerlifting, right? Because I'm like, well, who cares about diets, man? I can push three, four plates. What's up? Back in the the day, I'm squatting 620. You're probably waking up eating six eggs in the bowl (laughs) of oatmeal. You know? Now it's through that workout. Now I'm like, I'm like, there's no way. I I mean, I, back in the day when I squatted, what I used to squat, 620. I used to get off on watching the bar, you know, the bar just bend and shake. I would just... It was like an yeah. adrenaline. It was like, you know, you know what that was like. Yeah. And so I used to love it. Yeah. Um, and so, but you know, there was no diet back in the day. It's just, you know, you go in, you lift heavy weights and you go home and you eat 
garbage. And yeah. once again, it's probably back there. We, I don't know how I got to that kind of weight. You know, I, I mean, depression is, is, a is the enemy of the people and going mm-hmm. through a really bad divorce, uh, being a single dad that I had to take care of my children. They're all on my plate. Um, you know, that's all those things not, weigh in. All that, all that stuff weighs in. And hey, man, I can't. I'm at the studio. Hey, we're gonna have to get pizza for the night, or oh, we're getting Taco yeah. Bell, and and then I'm, you know, you're making your kids fat. I mean, you've seen my children, right? They, yep. uh, all of them. Michael had to lose 100 pounds. You know, you and uh, Daniel lost 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ariel lost weight. Gabe lost weight, and it's just like, man, what did I do to my family, man? And so, yep. you know, when I had to take my own self back. And just like you, you're a leader for your own family, helping your mm-hmm. dad, making sure he stays on track. And yeah, he's lost and, 20 pounds, by the way. He's yeah, down I know. I could tell that. I could tell in his pictures that he's doing that he's doing better. He's up here and, riding the bike every day. I I, I I tell him, I was like, don't hurt yourself. So he, he's in there trying to push himself. And I'm like, dude, just do 30 minutes, 30 minutes right. a day. Work your way up slowly. It's just yeah. a matter of doing it longevity as opposed to a quick fix of it. You don't need uh, to do it just quick fix. You need to be able to do it every day. Don't hurt yourself. So proud true. of him. He's doing really good. He's he's staying that's on track. Good. Well, you're 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 a good motivator. You're a good man. You're a good dad, and you're a good martial artist, man. You're Thank you're you, just an all around good guy. Thank and you. I want to let make sure everybody knows that you have. A I will check out Mike Dulce, Jay. By the way, okay. I will check him out. Um, so you have a you have another uh, apparel company. Um, why, why don't we talk about that if somebody wants to go look at that, what yeah, that looks Hustle like. Hustle Matters, my clothing line. It's me and my buddy Aaron Coney. We started it eight years ago. We got a bunch of stuff, hats, sweaters, shirts. It's just something that I, you know, I've always had that hustler mindset. Like I've always been money hungry. I've always wanted to have the finer things in life. I have very expensive taste. So I was always like, what am I going to do to be able to have these things in life? And what really matters? And then it just came about. I was like, man, hustle really matters. So hustlematters.shop. That's our clothing line. That's our web store. It's all in the link in my bio on my Instagram. I'm actually in the process. I'm months away from launching my CBD, more CBD. We just announced it today. Products will be in. I'll have all hemp products, non-organic CBD, full spectrum rubs. I'll have pet tinctures. I'll have creams. I'll have oils. I'll have gummies. Um, all that good stuff because, you know, health and fitness, it requires not just a bunch of working out and eating right. You also got to take care of your body on the back end. You got to take the right supplements. You have to do the right stuff as far as stretching. And, I, I, dude, I never thought about it before. But now after I'm done training, I got to stretch because I won't be able to walk the next day, you know. So <laughs> yeah, all so these well, muscle recovery that. things. And I'm a big, big, huge believer in CBD. Um I'm a huge believer in CBD. It fixed my knee. You know, when I hurt my knee and I had to test and my back was out and I was, oh, doing dude. All that stuff. and I rubbed, I had, I was, I did CBD. All I did was rub CBD and I, I got a good company that's out of Utah um, that's producing all my CBD for me. And we're about to hit it summer 21 website will be up probably within the next month. You could follow Morph CBD on Instagram also. Um, yeah. And we're just coming out new company, new brand, new launching tools um along with hustle matters and the kids man all this training i'm like head over heels and stuff i don't even know i I don't even know how i maintain to do it all but i just keep pushing myself and telling myself look you 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 want this you got to have this and these are the things that you want in life you want to be a business owner you have to you have to dig deep man you have to dig deep and you have to stay humble or you're going to get humbled so you're right that's a hundred percent stay humble or get humbled yep so I love I, that motto and it's, it's the truth. You just stay humble in life. You, you count your blessings and you treat people the way that they want to be treated. Um, and the, everything else will trickle in. Good things will start coming your way. Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent with that. And so anything to your fans real quick before we sign off? I love all my fans. Any of my fans in here? I love all you guys, man. <laughs> Seriously. If it wasn't for the fans, honestly, I don't think I, I wouldn't have a platform. I wouldn't be where I'm at today, social media wise, or with a brand or with a company, Power Rangers and let alone. But, you know, over the years doing Comic Cons, I met a lot of great people. I met a lot of great fans that turned into friends. Um, So I'm just very grateful and blessed to have the community behind me and the martial arts community behind me and my new home, my new alliance with you guys. And I'm just I'm just I'm just blessed, man. I'm, I'm very grateful for everything in life right now. Yeah, that's good. And I can't wait to knock out Michael Lasky. So everybody can be like, Blake, <laughs> did you see that road kick? <laughs> so. Hey, hey, well, you, well you're going to have some, you're going to have some of us behind you. You know, we're going to go out and see, 
see what happens, you know? So when, when tickets are ready and we know it's a set thing, you yeah, know, I just we'll literally be... just started finishing my sponsorship deck and yeah. stuff for all my banners and all the names and everybody that's going to be on there. So we're putting that's that all together and just a process, man. It's a lot. I didn't, I, I don't know how these fighters do this all the time, but yeah, I was like, yeah, this is a, it might be a one and done for me. <laughs> that's right. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work and the pay isn't all that great. No, it's uh, not, you know, unless you're Connor. Then it might yeah. be a little bit better, right? So, who the fuck is that guy? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, he wins his fight on my birthday, man. He needs to go yeah. and fight Dustin Poirier with some more respect. I feel like, just like yeah. Usman and Masvidal, if you're coming after that man's belt, you see how calm, cool, collective he was. You can't be out there being arrogant and cocky. I, I don't like guys like that. Yeah, you will never catch me doing that in the ring. I'm yeah. coming for the championship belt, baby. That was good. Hey, Larry, I really appreciate you, Larry, uh, popping in, saying uh, all your comments. We did have a great show today. It was a really fun. It was a fun listen. Awesome. Uh, look, you know, Larry's kind of a coach of mine for for podcasting. So we're gonna, we're, I'll get uh, critiqued after after we're done. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're gonna be great in life, you got to have great coaches, right? Absolutely. So it all it starts is what it defense. is. All right. Well, I really enjoyed my time with you, uh, Me too, sir. Blake. You know, your son's gonna be. He'll uh, uh, be looking. testing black soon, man. He's green yeah, black, so yeah, yeah, he'll be yeah, there. We'll blink our eyes before it's done. All this, all this training and stuff's over. I'm able to actually come in there and you know, teach and help out a little bit more too. I, I definitely want to put on my uniform, and yeah. I don't think most of the kids know who I am yet, but they will. Yeah, they will. We we're yeah. looking forward to getting your experience on the on the sparring side and 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 being able to utilize you. Why we got you? Yep. So we look forward to it. Awesome. Have an awesome night, Blake. Thank I hope you, everybody sir. out there listening. Thanks for chiming in. Any, any, uh, you guys can go find Blake on Facebook at Blake Foster at fa on Facebook. It's Blake A. Foster, I think, on Instagram. You said Blake A. Foster on Instagram, right. Blake Anthony Foster, Facebook. Right. And if you guys are looking, I know he does this. If you guys watch Lewis, the one from Breaking Bad, he did a birthday. Um, what do you call those that you celebrities do for, for people? And don't you do those too? Uh, uh -huh. As a blue Power Ranger, you haven't. No, you won't find me in my spandex, sir. Spandex. It might come look on. good these days, but I'm not come putting on, come on spandex. On. That come suit is on. too little. <laughs> it's All a little right, bit easier than. All right, I'll check you. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self defense, weight loss and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.